You're listening to Women Heard, presented by New York Women in Communications. I'm your host, Julie Hockheiser-Ilkovich. And today we have a very special episode. We are going to be talking about the New York Women in Communications Scholarship. And I'm very excited to bring on three guests who will be introducing themselves in a moment. But before they do, I just wanna note that we are talking about the scholarship today because scholarship applications are open. So you'll learn all about the New York Wiki Scholarship in this episode. And the applications are available on the New York Wiki website. So nywici.org, nywiki.org. You can find the scholarship application and they are open until February 28th, 2023. Um, so the deadline is February 28th and they are uh, available now. So once you've listened and heard all about it, I encourage you to check out the application. And now I am going to welcome our amazing guests. So one by one, I'm going to do something a little bit differently because we have three guests today. I'm going to have you introduce yourselves, um, tell, tell us a little bit about who you are, what your current job is, a little bit about your career path. And then I do want you to share um, your connection to the scholarship. So why you're here today talking about the New York Wiki Scholarship. So Nancy, I am going to start with you. Thank you. I'm Nancy Rabstenek Nichols. I'm Senior Vice President External Affairs at Interpublic Group. I'm past president of New York Women in Communications and past president of the foundation. And also one of the uh, longest serving members of the scholarship committee. Uh, IPG was perhaps, if not the founding, uh, close to it, corporate sponsor of one of Wiki's scholarships. And it's something that we absolutely believe in. We offer two scholarships along with internships uh, the following summer. And we believe very, very strongly that it behooves all of us in industry to grow talent and to encourage students to enter into the communications field and make that their passion and their home. And we have totally enjoyed uh, the students that, that we've met. And I personally find participation in the scholarship program and the interviews so rewarding. Uh, there's an amazing talent base out there. And uh, I think that the combination of New York Women in Communications and the corporate world coming together to foster this talent uh, is a great, great partnership and long-lasting. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And um, I'm going to throw it over to Lauren to introduce herself as well. Hi, everybody. I am Lauren Hurwitz. I'm so excited to be here today. I am currently a licensed realtor in New York State, specifically working in Westchester County, about 30 minutes north of Manhattan. 
Um, and for my career path, it's been very, very interesting because I actually also just launched my own company called Media House, which trains realtors how to work with the media and journalists to get their names in the press and in lights and get media attention. But I haven't been doing either of those things for very long. I've been a realtor for about two and a half years and Media House, I just had my first course that I hosted about 15 minutes before this podcast. So just going back a little bit, um, I was a New York Wiki scholarship win winner many yonders ago. I worked at a handful of PR firms in my time when I lived in Manhattan, working on everything from representing Wolfgang Puck to Bobby Flay, Delta Airlines, McDonald's. And, but my first job out of college was actually working as a producer for the now defunct Martha Stewart Living Radio, which was the lifestyle radio channel on Sirius XM. So that's where all my fun began. I went to journalism school thinking I'd be the next Barbara Walters. I got to the University of Maryland and realized nobody sounds um, like this on TV with this big New York accent. But I quickly went into the production angle of things, wound up at Martha Stewart, transitioned to PR. Um, and so I've definitely worked in a lot of different facets of media and along the way have made some really excellent, amazing connections within New York Wiki. I was a scholarship winner, I think in my sophomore or junior year of college, I flew in for the day from Maryland and flew back the same day after my interview. Um, I served on um, some of the committees for many years um, and got to even judge some of the New York Wiki scholarships a few times. And when I did live in Manhattan, um, I went to a ton of events and got to meet some really amazing women who gave me lots of gems of knowledge over the years. Amazing. And I think that we should have more people in the media with New York accents. So I... <laughs> I'd like to uh, to talk about, put a pin in that, but talk about that in the future. And um, sure. then I'll have Chelsea introduce herself as well. Great. Thanks, Julie. Great to be here. I'm Chelsea Orcutt, and I'm the Associate Director of Strategy and Operations at 30 Madison, which is a company in the digital health space. Uh, but I'm excited to be here today to talk about all things New York Wiki. I've been involved with New York Wiki for nearly 14 years, which is crazy to say out loud, um, in a variety of capacities. So like Lauren, I was incredibly grateful to receive a New York Wiki scholarship in both 2009 and 2010 and have stayed involved with the organization as a member of our programming committees, participating in our mentorship program as a mentor, which was really wonderful. And now I'm going into my fifth year as a member of our board of directors, and I'm the co-vice president of scholarships and grants. So it really feels like a full circle moment for me, having initially gotten involved as a scholarship recipient myself, and now kind of being on the other side of that process. So really excited to be in that role. Um, I've also worked on this podcast for a number of years with you, Julie. So that's been an amazing experience. And it's, it's very cool to be on this side of the microphone. So thrilled to be here today. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you all here. And, and Lauren, congratulations on the launch of your business. Um, that's so exciting. And um, I just, I'm really excited to have the three of you here to talk about the scholarship. Each of you are going to bring a very special perspective. But before we talk about the scholarship specifically, I wanted to have a conversation that we always have 
when on this podcast, um, when we're talking to guests, I always like to ask about what you think the biggest challenge facing women in the workplace is today. Um, so want to make sure that we talk about that as well um, and bring that information to our audience. So we'll actually go the opposite direction. I'll have Chelsea, you start. Um, but I want each of you to answer that question about what you think the biggest challenge is for women in the workplace today. Sure. So as we know, women, and I think especially women of color, continue to be significantly underrepresented in top leadership roles. And, and that's not just our industry. I think it's across the board. Um, and yes, we're making some strides, but we're, we're not where we need to be. So to bring a little bit of data in here, the McKinsey Women in the Workplace report talks about this concept of the broken rung on the ladder up to management. So that's kind of the point where people get promoted up to manager level. And in the 2022 report, the most recent report, they mentioned that for every 100 men that are promoted from entry-level roles to manager positions, only 87 women are promoted and only 82 women of color are promoted. So that means that men will just keep outnumbering women at the manager level and it narrows the pool of women that could ultimately continue to get promoted up to the most senior levels of leadership. So you know, unfortunately, this is nothing new, but I hope we're beginning to see companies become a little more aware of this problem and take steps to foster growth and leadership for women and ensure there's a little more equity in this realm. I think New York Wiki and the work that we do here is a big part of that and can help push it forward, but um, definitely something I think companies are watching a little more closely and hopefully, hopefully taking steps. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that um, data here as well. And as you're talking, I'm like, well, it really is just the same conversation about the scholarship for sure, because that is what we're trying to do here is help some uh, help solve some of these issues um, at the root, uh, which is kind of getting before even you're entering the workplace. Um, Lauren, what do you think is that biggest challenge? So I think the biggest challenge that I hear about women, especially young women in the workplace dealing with is something that I've heard about for a long time. It's, it's not going to be, you know, breaking news here, but women don't necessarily take or ask for what they want. For example, if you think you're due for a raise or a promotion and you've been in the same um, level or, or pay grade for two or three years and you feel that you're entitled to more, I think women more so than men are afraid to just speak up and have a conversation, not necessarily march through the door and demand something, but have the, you know, courage to initiate a meeting with their boss to say, listen, here's how I'm feeling. I'm, I feel I'm doing all the right steps. In my perspective, I've been doing everything I need to get to the next level. What do I need to do to get to that next level? I think a lot of times women and my old colleagues would, we would talk about how, you know, we're not happy with X, Y, and Z, but they would wait till that annual review. Whereas a lot of men, I feel like I've seen just, they're not happy and they'll go make that call with their manager. They're not going to wait for December to have that conversation. They're going to have it now. That way, if they don't like the response they're giving, um, maybe they will march out the door before December, not waste time. You know, the, the quicker you have that type of conversation, the quicker you can see if you and your manager are on the same page. Maybe you'll hear, oh, you know, we think you're doing a great job and we're actually going to be putting you up for a promotion. So we're aligned. Or maybe you'll hear, you know, 
what could be disappointing news, which is, you know, I, I don't really see you getting to the next level. I think you've kind of plateaued, in which case that's actually good news because then you can move forward and stop, you know, stirring in the same pot. So I think that women need to um, see more other women doing that around them, right? Stepping up when you're not happy, asking for what you want, or at least initiating the conversation to how to get to where you want to be. I think that is so, so true. And I'm so happy to bring it up here and for our listeners to hear it and uh, be motivated, hopefully, to have those difficult conversations. Um, and Nancy, what do you think is the biggest challenge? What would your answer to this question be? Well, I, I'd like to answer it from the perspective of here we are right after COVID. Yep, please. Which is a very new picture. And I think that women in general, but especially the young, younger women coming right out of school, have a major challenge to face because you're invisible. You know, you only come to work one day a week, one day a month, or, you know, not often. So you don't have eye contact with your superiors in the same way. Uh, some of that is coming back, thankfully. But I think there's, there's no substitute in terms of being able to, to show what you bring to the table um, for being in a room together, especially when you're just getting to know the new organization and your, your superiors and your peers. And I think that it builds a different kind of confidence, which a lot of the, the newer people coming into the business uh, do not at the moment have um, the privilege of doing. And I also think there's been an age old problem in that many women of any age are more reticent to bring forth their thoughts to a male boss than a woman boss. There's a, there's a different kind of comfort level. And a great mistake is made by many people because most of these men I have found in my career, and my career started a long time before you all started in the business, most men, especially the secure men, are very happy to hear new, hear new thoughts and welcome the woman's perspective on any issue. And I, I think uh, it'll be fascinating to see where all of this ends up. You know, I do not foresee us ever being back in the office five days a week but I know we are um, in, at the corporate level, we are encouraged to be in the office three days a week, strongly encouraged because we believe in face-to-face -face meetings. Uh, some of our brands have a very different view. Uh, and I, I know of other companies that are already at four days a week or five days a week, and um, it's not a level playing field anymore. So we'll, we'll see where this, this all comes out, but the, you know, the challenges are not new. It's, it's a time old problem. And then if you also factor in the equation that 
there's no way to get around it. Women bear the children. I think that that women tend to be a little bit intimidated by that thought and maybe feel in some instances that they need to apologize for the fact that they're going to be on maternity leave or or uh, even in today's age that they need some you know an afternoon off because they just got a call from the school saying their child is sick and they don't have coverage and I have always found that your superiors are very receptive to that and understand that and you should not be reticent to speak about that and uh, have more confidence in yourself and your worth to the organization uh, to be uh, intimidated by what you think is a personal moment and doesn't fit in the business day. I, yeah, I, was, I have so many follow-ups. I know we have to talk about the scholarship. So at the end, we'll talk a little bit more about advice because I, I want to hear a little bit more about some of the advice based on these challenges. Um, but these are all the hottest topics of conversation. And I so welcome everyone bringing them to this podcast. So thank you uh, for sharing. And to dive back into the New York Wiki Scholarship, Nancy, I want, I'd love for you to just kind of Give us more of an overview. You talked about it a little before at the beginning of this episode, but you know, tell us a little bit more about the scholarship and what, in your perspective and the organization's perspective, the purpose of the New York Wiki Scholarship really is. Why it was, why it exists, and you know what what it is it, it is for. Well, full disclosure, Lauren is one of our scholars, <laughs> and uh, she and I have kept in touch over the years and. We, even though she is no longer working for uh, one of the interpublic companies, she made a tremendous difference when she was here. And although, you know, we're sad that she's not with us anymore and took a different career path, we're very proud and, and, and probably take a little bit of credit for, um, opening her eyes to other opportunities and helping to build her self-confidence so that she can essentially take on the world. I mean, she's been very modest in, in what she said that uh, she's done so far. And uh, it's, it's only the beginning. What we really want to do is bring people into the business who can really grow under our tutelage. And yes, we hope that many of them will choose to have career paths somewhere in this vast empire. But if they don't, and we've made a difference in their lives and in what they bring to um, the industry, that's a win. That's a success in our mind. I, everybody, I think, who's in the business world today has a vested interest in growing talent, not only communications, but finance and the arts and you know whatever the industry is. And it's um, it's a it's a very very high priority here. And Chelsea, you mentioned diversity and inclusion or diversity equity and inclusion. I uh, that is one of our absolute top priorities 
and goals, not only in terms of growing the workforce uh, to look more diverse and to have more people of color and more women in the top of all of our businesses, but also we believe it's good business and you can't, you can't maximize your business without supporting a variety of opinions and, uh, and a variety of backgrounds. You just, you, you enrich your culture, you enrich uh, your surroundings and you, we believe, enrich the bottom line. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's also important. And I think the opening of doors, we talk a lot, a lot about this as we're hiring interns, even at our own company is extending opportunities to people who don't necessarily have, have those connections or have those resources beforehand. So I think that's such an important part of it. And, you know, getting in early is, as we all know, can be part of the key to success. Um, and so Chelsea and Lauren were both scholarship recipients. Um, and I really want to take this opportunity to hear more about your experience. So thinking about people listening to this podcast who are curious about what actually happens when you receive the scholarship, I'd love for each of you to speak, speak about that and, um, you know, also just share some fun memories. I know it can be a lot of fun and there are certain things um, which we'll talk about that happen when you receive the scholarships. And also, you know, what opportunities do you think it opened up for you? Um, to what we've all been saying, to the point of what we've all been saying, you know, we're really looking to offer opportunities. So um, what was your experience like and, and how did it help you? And, and Lauren, I'll have you start talking a little bit about your own experience as a scholarship recipient. So I'll talk about this a little more later too, but I almost didn't apply. I didn't think I was special enough. I didn't want to apply. My mother was like, you need to apply, apply, apply. And I really didn't think that there was anything so unique about me to set me apart, but I applied um, and I won. And I remember walking into that room for the interview and there was five women in front of me. I didn't know who to look at. I didn't know who to make eye contact with. It was one, of, and I'm not easily intimidated. It was one of, <laughs> if not the most intimidating thing I've ever done in my life. I think I was maybe some 17 or 18, maybe like 18, 19 years old. And um, I did this interview with these five very accomplished women who were dressed, you know, suited up and very professional. And I had to go get a dress for this interview. And and so anywho, um, you know, it was such an honor to get the phone call eventually that I had won. And it just blew my mind to know that I was going to be kind of at the start of an organization that had members like Katie Couric and Barbara Walters. And it was like, how do I fit in there? But these women think I do. So I'm going to go to New York and I'm, because I was in school out of state and I'm going to go at the time, I believe we were doing it at the Waldorf Astoria. And I was honored with some of these huge names. And I just kept thinking, how do I, my mother told me I belonged here, but I don't really know if I belong here. Literally walking around with a couple hundred women in a room and everyone's happy to talk to you, especially when you're a young scholarship winner, they all want to talk to you and hear your story and hear about what you, you know, want to do. It was 
one of the most exciting days of my life, even how many years later is that? You know, I'm a com- I was a comms major, so I, you know, math is not my thing, but I think we're talking about <laughs> like 20 years. Um, you know, it, it was wild. And so the experience, it was such a proud moment that my parents got to be in the audience and see me go up and get this award. Um, but really, it, it, what it really did, I think, was set me apart when it came time to just come back to New York and look for in- interviews and internships and jobs at the end of the day. It gave me such clout to have that on my resume. It was like a real stamp of approval. You know, unless you're like the valedictorian of your class or the captain of this, it's really, as, as you get older, it's, it's harder. There's less opportunities to self, set yourself apart. And this really helped, you know, it, it almost was saying like, you know, she's quality, Lauren is quality and you should take her seriously. Um, and one of my my favorite experiences was just from you know New York Wiki overall. It wasn't that day, but I did get my whole essay was about how I wanted to be the next Barbara Walters. And because I was a scholarship winner and I stayed involved with the organization, I actually got to meet Barbara Walters like a year or two into it at a cocktail party. We were at the same cocktail party, me and Barbara Walters. Um, and she when I played for applied for a job at ABC News um, a few years later. I emailed her and let her know I was applying and she wrote me back and wished me luck. And I have that email to prove it. Um, As far as what opportunities winning that scholarship opened up for me, um, I I had the chance to interview um, Robin Roberts and Chris Cuomo, who were both at Good Morning America at the time for our newsletter, the New York Wiki newsletter. Um, I got to sit down with them one-on-one. They both could not have been nicer. But I also spent my summers when I was in college email going through the directory and being strategic. And I thought I wanted to be in broadcast. Then I was like, PR is kind of sexy. I really wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. So because I was a not only a participant, but a winner, I emailed all these women who were members who worked at these companies that I thought were fabulous or sounded exciting and ask them if they'd have 15 minutes for coffee. Because honestly, that's all I could afford to treat anybody to as a, you know, 18 year old in the city, most people wrote back that they were happy to see me. So I got to go to Sony, to CBS, to NBC. And, and the women that I reached to were like, let me, when they come, like a lot of them actually took me to lunch, but they were like, I want to show you the newsroom. And it gave me so much exposure. And I believe that if I was not a scholarship winner, they may, they may have just, you know, written back and said like, Oh, that's very nice. First of all, I wouldn't have had access to their email, but if I had found access to the email, um, I don't know if they would have been so, you know, excited to genuinely excited to meet me and take me on a tour of their company and show me the behind the scenes. That doesn't just happen to anybody unless, you know, maybe one of your parents works at a company and I didn't have any, either of those connections. Um, so it really opened up not, you know, in, in the real sense of the word, it literally opened up doors for me to see all these places that I had only dreamed about. And sometimes we had real conversations and they would tell me the pros and the cons of the business. And sometimes I'd say, oh, you know what? This sounds not like something I wanna do. And that's just as important as finding out what you do wanna do. That's fabulous. That's actually one of the key pieces of advice we always give on this podcast is like from your career and internships, you can learn more about what, but sometimes it's better from internships to learn what you don't wanna do than what you actually do want to do before you dive in. To your career. Uh, that's an incredible, incredible experience. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And it's like the, the, 
the highest form of networking, essentially, that you could possibly ever hope and dream of. And Chelsea, what was your experience like? I think you'll hear a lot of similar themes to what Lauren shared and a lot of, Lauren, what you shared really resonates um, because I, I'm not exaggerating when I say the experience was truly life-changing, every part of it. And I think mainly that's because it was my introduction to this organization. Um, I received my New York Rookie Scholarship as a high school senior and had always dreamed of living in New York City one day. I'm from Buffalo. Um, we might need more Buffalo accents on the news too. We can come back to that. <laughs> um, but But I wasn't sure yet how to make that a reality. It just felt you know, so far away. So getting involved with New York Wiki via the scholarship program helped me to crystallize that a little bit. Um, and I remember driving for the interview the first year, my dad drove me from Buffalo. It's an eight hour drive, driving into the city. And as Laura mentioned, you you do the, the interview at um, the New York Wiki offices. And there's this amazing panel of women there. And um, another full circle moment is I live not too far from that office now. So it just, there's all these moments where you, you sort of point to New York wiki and, um, and, and think about the role that it's played. But, uh, I think we'll talk about this a little later and, and Lauren touched on this, but the application process is pretty rigorous. There's two rounds of interviews again with, with some of the most established women in the industry. So it's intimidating, especially as a high school student or early college, but, it definitely helped me start to articulate why I wanted to pursue a career in this field. So going through the process, I was just over the moon to find out I was selected and that I would get to go to the Matrix Awards, as Lauren mentioned, which is really New York Wiki's biggest event of the year, and it honors industry trailblazers. And it's it's just an incredible celebration and, and a day filled with optimism. And I was super thankful to be able to bring my parents the first year and then the second year, my, my mom and my grandmother. So it was, I think, just really special for a lot of reasons. But while that whole day was super surreal and incredible, I think my biggest takeaway was seeing how New York Wiki really focuses on connections among women at all ages and career stages. And I think that's so uh, core to what we do as an organization. But I remember being really struck by how even the most established women in the organization took time to speak with all of the students on, on the matrix day or even after asking us about our personal and professional goals, just being really generous with their time. And Lauren, to your point, I think that's, that's such an important part of what makes this organization special. Um, on a, kind of a lighter note though, I remember having these, this incredible day, Matrix Monday, because it used to be on a Monday. And then I remember by Tuesday, the next day, just sort of going back to reality and sitting in math class or whatever, <laughs> and just trying to process how wildly different the day before it was. Um, and that that comparison was, was an interesting one. But I think going through the scholarship experience leaves you with this, this sense of optimism and kind of a jolt of hope and confidence that you're part of this larger group now. They're willing to invest in you. They're in your corner. They're lifting you up. And that's really powerful, especially for a young woman. That's fabulous. It's so great to hear about your personalized experience and really how it affected you. Um, I know it's it's just extremely exciting. Um, you know, to talk about this year, okay, moving forward, 
So for 2023, um, applications, as we mentioned, are open. Chelsea, I know you are going to be working um, on the scholarships this year. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about what the application process will be like for people applying and also um, what the scholarship winners receive for the 2023 New York Wiki scholarship. Absolutely. So to give a little bit of an overview of the 2023 scholarship process, as we've said, the application process is pretty rigorous, but it gives students an opportunity I think to, to show their personality, their passion for the communications field and what makes them stand out. So we asked students to write an essay and this year we have two prompts. What was the biggest communication story of 2022 and why? Or the second one is if you could have dinner with anyone living or dead, who would it be? What kind of questions would you ask and why? So that gives people a chance I think to really hone in on um, their interests and their passion, how they can weave that into the response. From there, once you submit your application, there's a review round. And then if you advance, there's a phone interview round and then a final interview with the scholarship committee, which as we've said, is, is comprised of leaders within the field, uh, representatives for the, the sponsored scholarships. Um, Nancy, as you mentioned, you've been super involved with this for, for many years. Um, and that is kind of the final round. So before I continue, I, I do want to call out, if you aren't selected this year or in any particular year, you absolutely can and should apply again. We've had some just incredible success stories of scholars who weren't selected on their first or even second try, but eventually were awarded a scholarship and went on to do amazing things. So if you're able to, would definitely encourage folks to try again. Um, to kind of go into what uh, the winners will will receive uh, if, if they're selected, and we've touched on this a little bit, obviously the actual scholarship funds are a very important piece of this experience, of course, um, but the New York Wiki scholarship is so much more than that. I think it's about forming these strong bonds with your fellow recipients that can last throughout your career, and you're also really welcomed into the New York Wiki community. Um, you know, as we've said, the scholars are, are celebrated during the Matrix Awards alongside some of the most accomplished leaders in our industry. And they're really an important part of the ceremony. We've actually heard time and time again that the way that the scholars are highlighted during the event is one of the most meaningful parts of it. It's really great to be able to celebrate the next generation in that way. Um, and I know Lauren and I can, can personally <laughs> attest to how special that was. Um, there's also other opportunities to connect with your fellow scholars or peers within the group leading up to the Matrix Awards. So we really want to help students develop the strong bonds now and show that New York Wiki is there to support them as they keep continuing through school and through their career. So this is sort of just the beginning. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And and Lauren, something you said um, about writing for the New York Wiki newsletter even just kind of made me think even as people are applying and getting involved, like when you're applying for a scholarship, there are many ways to get involved with New York Wiki. You know, obviously there are events. Um, there are tons of volunteer opportunities. So definitely couldn't hurt to uh, get involved from a volunteer perspective as you are um, also, you know, inquiring, getting interested in 
the scholarship. Um, there's lots of opportunities for content creation, clips, writing. We try to really uh, make those opportunities available. And so a lot of students, I think that's a, a great way for them to get involved in the organization as well, um, you know, aligning with applying for the scholarship. Um, and Nancy, I wanted to hear from you what you have kind of been looking for in the past when you are talking to potential scholarship recipients, when you are reviewing applications, when you're doing in the interviews. It's really interesting and we have this very um, exciting opportunity to have you all here to kind of talk about what we're looking for, what makes people stand out. Um, you know, I think that would be great to hear as people are, are starting to apply for the scholarship. One thing is very important and believe it or not, sometimes even uh, the students who come in that are super accomplished and have great resumes, et cetera, get shot down because they don't show us, the committee, the respect of having done any research on New York Women in Communications or uh, they're applying for a particular scholarship and they have not done any research on the company in question or the person who's sponsoring the scholarship. And that is from the, from the get-go, uh, that's a red flag to everybody around the table. Um, and another thing we, we look for is a passion and a true interest in the industry and also giving back. You know, who are you as a person when you are successful? What will you do to help New York Wiki? You know, even in today's, in today's day, even if you end up in California, I mean, you can still help the organization and keep in touch electronically and uh, if when you are in New York, I mean, you might be part of a panel. I mean, there are just lots and lots of opportunities. And if you can't demonstrate that you care enough to uh, even maintain a membership, and that's going to hurt. Uh, and then I think taking that perspective a little bit further, where we also think about what people have done as volunteers in general. And, uh, and how do you feel about community service? And uh, this, this question about who would you like to have dinner with, that's been part of the application process for a very long time. And as a, um, a reader and an interviewer, it's perhaps one of the most interesting pieces in, in the entire application, because face it, all of these students are scholars. All of these students have um, impressive backgrounds. Most of them have very impressive resumes. Uh, but but the, the question about who you'd like to have dinner with, what would you ask them, why, that speaks to who they are as a person and what their special interests are and what their preferences are. And uh, it's important to get that one right. And by right, there is no right or wrong. I mean, 
answer it thoughtfully and really bring out in that uh, essay who you are in your core and what type of person you want to be because that's really what the what the question is about does anyone have an answer to that question <laughs> who's the person <laughs> off the top of your head who's the one person living or dead that you would want to have dinner with i mean this not might not make it into this podcast i know it used to be barbara walters but these days i would love to sit down with andy cohen <laughs> i like it I like it. <laughs> it would be a compelling, a compelling conversation. One thing I, I want to add on to, to what Nancy shared is, you know, we want to make sure we're honoring recipients from a variety of, of backgrounds, disciplines within the communications field, areas of interest. Um, and, and some scholarships have specific criteria that kind of can help guide folks. So for example, the Beth Ellen Keyes Memorial Scholarship, which honors um, Beth Ellen's legacy and dedication to New York Wiki is awarded to a rising sophomore, junior or senior who plans to focus on communications for nonprofit organizations. So there's some pretty specific ones that I think can help folks align to their areas of interest. But we're also, we're looking for students who are really passionate about pursuing the career in communications and Nancy, to your point, actively taking steps to get experience or learn more, whatever that looks like, right? That might look like getting involved with the newspaper or magazine at school, or even just publishing a personal blog to showcase their writing or topic. So I think it's finding ways to sort of present your work in the ways that you can and that are accessible to you right now as a student. I mean, this is such good advice. Something you said, you know, it just reminded me of like applying to college. You know, everyone is going to be this super high achieving woman passionate about communication. So thinking about how do you kind of set yourself apart from that group? And I think Chelsea, what you mentioned also about the specific scholarships, I think is really helpful to to understand different opportunities and, and what you might align with. Um, any other advice from anyone in terms of what you would tell someone who is applying for the scholarship or what in your own experience um, you did to apply? I'd love to just open, open this up to that conversation because I think it's uh, so important. Yeah, Lauren. So I, I often reference my mother because she's always giving me good advice, but when we were sitting again, many years ago, thinking about, should I apply or not? And she kept saying, apply, apply. And I was like, I'm not that special. I, I'm, what am I applying for? She told me, you know, listen, someone, and she's told me this for many things in life, but someone has to win it. Why not you? Somebody out there who's applying has to win. So why shouldn't it be you? Um, so I would just say, when you are applying for this scholarship, be yourself, don't be, and don't write what you think they want to hear, write yeah. what really speaks to you and your interests and your goals. Mm -hmm. And if that impresses and that is aligned with what they have in mind, then great. You're, you're better off being who you are and trying to win that way than trying to be who you think they're looking for and do it that way. So when I filled out that application, I'm thinking, ah, oh, I'm this you know, New Yorker with a Long Island accent trying to be Barbara Walters. They, if they interview me, they're going to hear this terrible voice. But you know what? I don't know. I guess they ate it up and they loved it because I won. <laughs> and I never in my wildest dreams thought 
that it could be me, but it had to be somebody. And it was me because I stuck with who I am. And I think that's not only just a lesson for the scholarship, but just who you are in life. And if it doesn't work out, then it wasn't meant to be. And you'll find something else that you are a good fit for. I've also had jobs that it didn't work out. Right. And like at the time it felt really devastating, but like, no, I wasn't supposed to be there doing that at that time. So apply for the scholarship, put your best foot forward, not the foot forward of who you think they want to see. I think that's great advice. And if this isn't your year, like Chelsea said, you do it. Maybe next year is your mm -hmm. year. And there's a reason it didn't happen. And you can only continue to gain experience um, and make your application more compelling. Like that's, that is the benefit of, of progressing through, through the process year after year. Chelsea, did you have another piece? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love that advice, Lauren, of just being yourself and being authentic. And, and that's sort of how you'll present yourself in the best way anyway, because it'll be clear that it's, it's genuine. Um, to add on to that, I think my advice would also be to really get clear on your why in terms of what you're hoping to bring to your career, or to give back to the, the community and, and what makes your perspective unique. Obviously that is going to evolve over time, right? We don't expect anyone to have it all figured out in their teens and 20s. I'm not even sure I still have it figured out. Um, but I would encourage students to think about just sort of what's driving their passion for the industry. Is it is it telling stories to elevate underrepresented voices? Is it working with brands that are making a positive impact on the planet? Honing in on that, I think, can show the committee what makes you stand out and why New York Wiki should invest in you. Because I think that's the question I would encourage folks to be ready to answer is why should we invest in you? And having a, a solid answer to that will be really helpful, not just for the scholarship, but in life in general. Mm -hmm. That's fabulous advice. I feel like we're really, we're really given the like showing how this, it all gets made. <laughs> so this, I'm very excited for people to hear this. I feel like more than ever before, we're showing behind the scenes of what you know the process is. Um, and before we, I want to, we're going to shift topics a tiny bit before we wrap up this conversation. But anything else about a scholarship, I want to make sure we have every opportunity to talk about the process and the benefits. Um, any anything else? One thing I'd like to note is that before you hit the button and send that application, make certain you have all of the pieces that are required. Uh, sometimes we get terrific applications, but they're missing an essay or they're missing the transcript or they're missing something else. You need to do due diligence and um, make sure that you're submitting a complete document. I would also add that just like with any other very important document you're submitting, whether it's a college application or something like that, um, have a friend, a trusted friend or a parent or someone who you, who you think is a good writer, read over your essays. You should mm -hmm. always write your own essays and you should you know, put all that content together yourself. But before you send it out, guessing you've read it over a million times, you might miss a typo or two send in your cleanest work and just have somebody who has a good eye for edits, read it, or maybe it's a professor, maybe it's your, your roommate, just have somebody else read it over in case there's a, a typo or two that you've missed. Mm -hmm. Fabulous advice. I always, no matter what, I need someone to read my stuff, no matter what, there will always be a mistake. That's great. 
Well, this has been so incredible. I want to, before we wrap up, um, I'm so appreciative of your time and I'm so feel so lucky to have these three amazing women on our podcast. So this is a career advice podcast. So obviously it is part of New York Women in Communications, but a lot of what we're doing here is talking about careers, trying to have the conversations that women aren't necessarily having out loud. So I wanted to take just a moment, uh, give everyone the opportunity to share your favorite piece of career advice. So it doesn't necessarily have to be for scholarship winners or students or even young women, but what is a piece of career advice either you received or that you love to give? Um, just wanted to wrap up with those thoughts. So Nancy, we will start with you. Thank you. I have two favorites. Love it. If I may. Please, <laughs> one, sure one is network, network, network. Always be conscious of expanding your circle. And if even if it seems like knowing, getting to know someone, you know, may not bring you in a bit, any benefit, everybody has something to offer. And people are fascinating and their stories are fascinating. And the most unusual people will reach out a hand and help you when you need it keep that door open and just network not only within the industry or your school community um, but wherever life leads you and the other piece of advice i'd like to share is don't ever be intimidated by or afraid of a challenge the worst thing you can do is fail and so what You've learned something from that. You tried and you brought your best game to the party. So just take on all kinds of challenges and I'm sure you'll surprise yourself with uh, what your skill sets may be, uh, even though they hadn't been apparent to you before. Love that. That's beautiful. That like brought a tear to my eye. I want to have a t-shirt that's like the worst thing that could happen is failure. And is it that bad? Like by Nancy, <laughs> that I feel very, very inspired. Thank you for sharing that. Lauren, what's your career advice? I like Nancy also have two that I can't choose between, but Please. I'll go in order of what has come to my mind first. The first one is it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you, which touches on Nancy's point of networking. You can know a whole lot of people, but if they don't know who you are, they're not going to answer your calls. They're not going to, you know, answer your emails. So don't be intimidated if you're young to start reaching out and networking. Stay in touch with those people. I used to go to the networking events, you know, when I was in college and a little bit after college and right on the back of the business card, an interesting fact that I learned about the person, or maybe they said, oh, my birthday is, in, um, you know, I'm July 4th, baby. Maybe they're like, oh, my birthday is, um, in mid-July also, July's the best month. Little things like that I would write down on the card. Be mm. that person that sends them a birthday card handwritten in the mail, even if it's just a two-liner. Hope you're having a great summer. Happy birthday to us July babies. Something like that. Be the person who stands out. Don't just come around when you need something because no one will know who you are. So mm -hmm. it's not about who you know. It's about who knows you. And then be nice to everybody. You don't have to be friends with everybody. But you don't have to be nasty to people either because everybody starts at the bottom and eventually makes their way, hopefully, to the top. So, you know, the people that I started with at New York Wiki who won the same year as me or around the same time as me, we were all assistants and 
kind of nobodies at the time. And now one of them, like, you know, running things at Stuart Weitzman and one's the executive editor of a major Hearst publication. Like, everybody starts somewhere. You don't have to be friends, but don't be nasty because you never know where that person will land. Um, even even just as an example, in, in real estate, there was a, a gal that I was friendly with from New York Wiki and we kind of lost touch over the years. So there was no huge effort made to stay in touch. And then, you know, fast forward a year ago, she saw my Facebook, I was promoting an open house because again, now as a realtor, she came to the open house. She's like, I came because I saw it on your Facebook. I wanted to say hi, I like this town. And now we're working together. I'm, I'm her real estate agent and we're bidding on a house together this week. So it's really exciting. It's very interesting. You don't know where things will go. Just be nice to people and respectful. Mm -hmm. I love those pieces of advice. And I remember you, Lauren, being just like the best networker. Like you are great. You are a great networker. But something you said I think is so important and comes up over and over again is just like networking is maintenance, right? It's not just like you go to, you meet someone once. And that mm -hmm. I think is the hardest part. That's the effort yes. of it. Um, and I think, you know, especially I've had a, I've had a lot of realizations around networking in the pandemic where it did not, there was no natural networking. And so having to maintain those relationships without networking events, without all of this, you know, kind of natural networking experience. And I think that's one of the best lessons is continue to maintain, keep networking. Both of you said it, network, 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 but make sure that you're actually, you know, maintaining those relationships. So again, when you do need something, it's not like they haven't heard from you in five years, um, which, which would be very helpful. And Chelsea, what is your career advice? I, I love all the advice that was just shared. So good. Uh, I, I've always really liked the concept of, I, by the way, I also have two and they kind of go hand in hand. Please. I, I love this. I, I want people <laughs> to share, bring it. You can have five, go for it. Amazing. Uh, I, I've always really liked the concept of creating your personal board of directors to act as a sounding board or support system as you're moving throughout your career. So finding mentors and peers that that you can really trust and can go to with questions, personal or professional, and, and bounce ideas off of them, I think is, is always really powerful. And there's also an opportunity, I think, to be on someone else's board of directors and, and support the folks around you. And I think that ties into the second piece of advice that I've always really loved, which is lift as you climb. So find ways to support the people around you as you advance throughout your career and, and help each other out. And, and to Lauren's point, just be nice to people and, and that will get you really far and, and help them get really far too. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. I'm now going to be obsessed with creating my own personal board of directors. I, I learn as much from these episodes as the listeners do. Um, that's such fabulous advice. Thank you all so much for sharing that. I know it's so meaningful to me and to our listeners. Um, and I just want to take a moment to really thank you all. Uh, you know, we are putting together this episode. We really want to create a team of women who could really share the heart of the New York Wiki Scholarship. It is so, so important to our organization and so important to so many women, as we've heard today. It is life-changing. So if you are interested in applying, the application is live through February 28th, 2023. Again, on the New York Wiki website, um, there's a section for scholarships. You go there, the application is available. And I just wanna say again, thank you very, very much to Nancy, Lauren, and Chelsea for taking the time um, to talk to us today and to share all this, we really appreciate it. You've been listening to Women Heard presented by New York Women in Communications. I'm your host, Julie Hockheiser-Ilkovich. 
Thank you to the amazing team that works on this podcast. Chelsea Orcutt, Elizabeth Roberts, Chrisanne Grise, Mandy Carr, Shania Anderson, and Alex Fetter, who wrote our original theme music. And thank you to everyone at New York Wiki for helping us and for supporting our show. For more information about Women Heard, go to nywiki.org slash podcast. That's nywiki.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening.